Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence Strong Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lima, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 163 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And my very special guest today is Stacy Arson. And we talk about narcissism and really how to transcend having either a parent or a spouse or someone close to you that has, you know, strong expressions of the narcissistic trait. In this conversation, Stacy and I go over some definitions of it, but also we talk about the spectrum that is narcissism. And in that conversation, Stacy is very transparent and beautifully vulnerable by sharing her experience of being raised by a narcissistic mother and talk about even to this day, how the relationship has been challenging, but also how it has helped her transcend so much in her life, anywhere from self-worth to really finding her place in the world and in a position of leadership. So we talk about what it is, narcissism, the, the steps and the process that she has taken to really start the healing part of the journey. And we also talk about the blessings that have for her come out of it to give you a real full perspective on the topic and hopefully inspire you if you resonate with the message. We also mentioned a resource that she talks about when you put in the show notes to really get you started on your journey of self-discovery and really freedom so you can authentically be yourself, be comfortable being yourself without the need of external validation or dimming your light to suit somebody else and their desires for uh, how you express yourself. So this is a very, I'd say, challenging conversation, but also very important conversation. And I'm very grateful that Stacy is the one that has brought this topic forward and uh, is the one speaking to you about it today. So let me properly introduce you to Stacy. Boasting 17 years as a financial advisor and 25 in the family business, Stacy's expertise guides business owners in developing employee benefit packages that boost retention and align with company culture. A mother to three and wife to her best friend and business partner, John, Stacy is a avid traveler and outdoor enthusiast. Her insights are treasured by women's organizations like Elizabeth Fry Toronto. Stacy's passion lies in aiding entrepreneurs in implementing optimal financial strategies to their businesses. Without any further ado, here is Stacy. Hi, Stacy. I am very pleased to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thanks, Julianne. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Yes, likewise. And we're just connecting before this, though we started recording for the conversation, and I share with you how pleased and grateful for not just what you're about to share, but also how you've impacted myself, my life before as well. So everybody listening, they're in for a treat. This is a special conversation and a very important one as well. And I'm 
very happy that you are the one bringing this message forward for us. So let's begin by you sharing with us, what is your definition of confidence? And then we will get right into our topic. Yeah, so confidence to me is is just being being yourself um, without the coat of armor, so to speak. Um, in my in the last few years, I've done uh, image consulting training, and through that, um, I learned that by being ourself in a, in true essence of how we dress and how we show up it is confidence. It's also about who we, who I, who I surround myself with, um, in confidence being people that are, are my mentors or people that I, you know, hang out with. So every aspect of my life, um, I, I make sure that it's, it's in conf, like true confidence in, yeah. in business and in, in personal life. That yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think from what I described, like even that, that, authenticity that congruency right that like you said on the image consulting side how we express ourselves exteriorly actually matches who we are on the inside right and i think a lot of times it's difficult to even know who we are depending on our upbringings right so let's start there and talk to us about maybe big picture first and then we can get into more specifics but let's frame this conversation by talking about somebody that has big dreams, big goals, that they want to be a leader in their fields and have all this goodness to give, but they had a difficult upbringing as a daughter and they have not been able to necessarily understand what is holding them back and what is going on. So let's start there, big picture, and then we can um, go a little bit more specific. Yeah. So big picture, you know, so I've, uh, um, I'm an entrepreneur, so I, and I help people with employee benefits and I work with my husband um, but I've always, um, not always, but I've uh, throughout my career felt held back or that I wasn't doing uh, what I, what I had in mind to do. Self-talk, the mm-hmm. continuous self-talk, um, not you're not good enough. You, how, how can you put yourself out there like that? Um, so it's getting over the self-talk and having a more positive outlook on like who, who I am myself it doesn't matter what others it's like who who am I and how do I look at myself because that's the biggest piece um because if I if I look back at my childhood um there was no oh I'm so proud of you um there was none of that um I'm very intuitive as well and and after my dad died he did say I I intuitively he he told me he was proud of me but it was after his death so um not having that just encouragement throughout it, it it's hard and you think back well you're you're an adult why do I need need that but you do need that from either mentors family members um other people that you surround yourself with mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah absolutely and I think too there's that aspect of emotional security as a child right to even feel safe to truly develop your emotional capacities emotional intelligence and Sometimes we get as adults, and I see that through personal experiences, clients, that we are adults, but we have all these unknown parts of us, right, (laughs) that are to be discovered that you would think by now we would know, but not necessarily. So in your specific experience, what was the root cause of that, the self-talk that you're mentioning? Um, Well, one of the things is uh, children are meant to be seen and not heard, is something that was um, told 
to me many times. Um, it and I realized that um, I it was always trying to do what's be- what I needed to do for it was my mother. I my mother like make sure that I made sure that the dishes were clean or the house was clean. I had to always make sure, or there would be um, circumstances situations to contend with that weren't nice so it was always in fear of doing so I was really raised by fear um a, a great piece of my upbringing so it, it it my confidence was definitely um squashed so to speak mm-hmm. yeah so I, I would say um for anyone that has had a childhood that hasn't been as pleasant is is yeah there's a lot of um layers to peel yeah <laughs> and, um i didn't realize it until uh my youngest daughter moved out and i was going through the empty nest syndrome and um i went to a counselor and you know she starts asking me questions about my upbringing and things and when i started talking to her she shared a book with me um, daughters of narcissistic mothers, will I ever be good enough? And as I was reading through that, it was almost like she wrote it for me. And from childhood to every aspect of my life. And it wasn't until that I had um, part of the process in the book is is grieving, grieving for me, grieving the mother that I so wanted and having the death of her because that that vision you talk about vision that vision that I had of that mother that was supportive and you know she did say she loved me and things but there was so much um backlash and yelling and screaming and you know always having to do for her um that so once I went through that process of having the death of her then and I started um treating her more like a bank teller and just sharing surface pieces with her just surface like like you would going to a bank teller just just yeah. things like that um my life started shifting uh and then i it's because i i wasn't always trying to please her because you know i mm-hmm. i um i was always trying to please her i was always looking for recognition that i never received and so when i shifted so i didn't have to re- think i needed that like i thought i needed that to be um, you know, a solid leader or, you know, in business and things. So once yeah. I shifted that, that shifted a lot of things for me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that, Stacey. And uh, I'll make sure to put the link to the book in our show notes as well, because very much when you first mentioned the book to me, um, I was surprised of how transformational the book actually is. Like I'm a reader, I love book, but it was very transformational. And I think for anybody that, you know, wonders, right? If this is even something that that's what they've experienced. I think the way that it's laid out, I think what was really um, interesting for me, and I'll just mention here without too much spoiling, but it was sort of like the two, the two edges of the spectrum of narcissism, right? Because a lot of times mm-hmm. I think we think of narcissism, we have a little bit of a specific definition in our minds and to see it as a spectrum was helpful for me, but also understanding that the overcaring at the other side of the fully ignoring or validating is also an expression of it. And that for me was like, wow, 
I had not been able to recognize that before. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that as well, complementing what you said, because I think knowing what is happening, step one, <laughs> right? To even right. recognize, like you had that initial recognition through when you said you went to the counseling sessions. Step two then is the grieving process, right? Before mm -hmm. recovery, let's just say, takes place. So let's talk a little bit, if that's okay with you, about... Uh, a little bit more definition. So how is somebody that may be wondering if that is their experience as a daughter, how would you define or explain narcissism in the specifics of a mother towards a daughter? Um, yes, yeah, so there's a lot of triangles, meaning that, for example, I have two brothers and um, have you, have you called your brother? Have you, have you ha helped your brother? It's always about, um, they want, they want to be the the martyr, they like to be um, the one that controls all situations. Um, they'll change, they'll change the experience based on what, how they view it. So uh, you've could, it could be as simple as, you know, I, I went to the store um, and got some bread and brought it home, but they would have said, why did you take so long to go to the store? I, I didn't ask you to get that. And that it, when you got back from the store, they would be backlash because you didn't do something that you didn't, because you didn't assume like, because um, there was a lot of uh, blame, like blaming there. They never take ownership on any situation. They'll, they'll change the dialogue to um, make it about you, meaning like myself, if I look at myself, for example, um, I recently shared some, information with my mom because I hadn't for years I was always bank teller and finally I had enough and I I mm -hmm. she asked how I was feeling and normally she wants to know about my health meaning like in my aches and pains or whatever um and you know I I said I decided to share how I was actually feeling emotionally mm -hmm. it did not go very well because what happened was um blame shame guilt came out so everything was um back at me which it which I already knew but in my for my own healing process I had to go there um so it, it they, that's what they do and it's all about they're not at fault at all um it's only what like for example what I did or didn't do or um so th there's no they can't um they don't have any empathy for one thing they have a mm -hmm. hard time um, having deep care so they for example even when my dad was sick dying it, it was she made it all about how hard it was for him this was back to, to how hard it was for her to deal with him <laughs> because he was so again meanwhile he's dying and it was so they put a lot of uh, what how they feel and not anybody nobody else it doesn't matter mm. so you know, and, and now yeah. she's ghosting me. So mm -hmm. Be because all I did was share how I was feeling. So that's an ex yeah example of current day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the explanation. This episode is brought to you by the Weight Release Shift, a program that I am so excited to share with you. And actually more than a program, this is a partnership in which I join forces with you to take you on this incredible journey 
which is weight release. Together, we will explore all the necessary mind shifts to get you to places you've never been before, as well as learn what is going on with your hormones, especially as you transition into later phases of being a woman. All of that combined with tasty, healthy, super easy to make foods and recipes to help you balance hormones, eat for your needs, and release excess weight in the process. If you're curious or ready to learn more and join me and all these other wonderful women on this journey, I encourage you to apply at the link below. To learn more, visit naturallyjoyous.ca slash release. And I look forward to chatting with you and getting to know you better. And then I think too, um, a, a part of it that I have come to realize reading the book and also life <laughs> experiences, I think it is such a polarized state of emotions, right? Like their perspective of, re- of reality, how they see reality is so polarized that there's actually probably no real value in terms of trying to convince them otherwise or showing them a different way, right? Um, because I think it's going to be futile and probably it's almost like we can take our responsibility for our side of the street, right? And let mm-hmm. them own their messy side. <laughs> um, but back to what you said about grief as well. I'd say all of us little girls have this fantasy, this image in our heads, right? Of what we believe the figure of motherhood looks like, right? And you talked about the dying process, right? Of that image of that you know, almost like persona of what he wished she would be, right? So let's talk a little bit about that. Like maybe not in details for your own privacy, but like how does one go through the grieving of the process of this to the point that they are able to let the fantasy die so that they can accept reality as is without trying to change it? Yeah, that's a great point because um, that's, it's happened a couple of different things in my life that I can share. But it, we all have this vision of what our life's going to look like. Well, I did. I do anyways. Maybe not everybody does, but I, I'm a, a dreamer and I can see goals and like business goals and things. I can see things and um, in my mind. And um, so, you know, we have this vision of what it will be like, but it never goes there. So here's, a, here's an even easier one. I have three daughters and I have two of them living in Europe. And my vision of being, so I'm 58. My vision of being at 58 is to, and if they have children or not, is to spend time with them, do things, celebrate birthdays. That was my vision, you know, have Sunday dinners. Well, that's not happening. So again, I had to grieve because I had to grieve what my vision was. So that's what I had to do with my mom. I had to grieve that piece of what I what I thought motherhood was. And it's not an easy process. I'm not, I'm going to share that. It's not, yeah. not easy to um, like let go of your dream basically, you know, cause yeah. that's what it, it, it's a different dream. Like you have dreams of your business and things like that, but it's dreams you have in your life. So um, slowly though, as long as you keep that like, okay, this is, this is my new, this is what, I, I need to expect. And I, so I had to lower my expectations as well. That's another key point is, is lowering my expectation of what I expect that to be. 
So for my mom, I had to, well, I can't have that emotional connection. I can't share that I had an argument with someone or, you know, just things that as friends, I probably even had discussions with you. We we could share a frustration either in business or anything because yeah. I knew that if I shared any piece of that, she could twist it and then it would be my fault or then she would talk to someone else about it and it wouldn't be kept in confidence. So um, lowering my expectations, changing my perspective of what I wanted as well. I had to change that like, like with my daughters. Mm-hmm. I have to accept that I'm only going to see them maybe once a year, you know, yeah, in, in person, like lots of WhatsApp and things like that. But mm-hmm. so it it's it's not easy though. So it, it's it, people look at grieving as death, but it's grieving of an idea. It's grieving of a. Yeah. I'm sure so many entrepreneurs that you know they want they had this goal of putting this piece of business like out there and then they had to change it or modify it or you know business didn't go like lots of businesses closed through through over the last three years of yeah. what happened in the world so um all the fires you know it's grieving you now but because it's not death but it's a grieving of an idea or and it is hard it's not an easy thing to do so. yeah um, and i think too in terms of motherhood being such a almost like romanticized fantasy that it's almost like ingrained, right? So when we talk about expectations, I think that piece is so crucial because we, anywhere from movies to cartoons to fairy tales, it's that unconditional maternal love, right? That's how we are told, but mothers are humans, right? <laughs> uh, and I, I think a lot of times that puts a level of pressure and expectation what the relationship should look like, all the shoulds and have tos, which are rarely matched expectations. And in a more extreme case of, you know, a narcissistic parent, that is just so painful, right? To actually right. experience that. Yeah. No, I think that's very important. And the grieving process, like you said, like I actually feel it feels like death. Like <laughs> it is mm-hmm. a death of an ideal, right? Mm-hmm. But from how emotionally process, like it's a very serious and I think a very valuable part of the the process, necessary part of the process there. Definitely. Now, I want to sort of to bring it that now you're mentioning, you know, your own children. How could somebody go, and maybe not step by step, I'm more talking about your experience and awarenesses, how can somebody then become aware enough to break the generational cycles and not propagate, at least not to the extent, because we all going to have traits or narcissism. I think everyone mm-hmm. owns all the traits, but maybe not in the polarized capacity that you, of course, experienced. How can you break that cycle? Yeah, that's a really great question. And um, I'm happy to share that when I, my two older girls were little and I, I've, I've been married for 37 years and I have a fantastic husband and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that. And we, they were, I don't know, maybe two and five or something. They're three years apart, the two older ones. And um, I started screaming at them and John says to me, why are you screaming? And that, that moment is what shifted me. I, I, I changed. It's like, I didn't know why it's just because that's what I, that's all I knew. I was just, cause every, I was always, it was always screaming. Like <laughs> there's tons of screaming. Right. And it's like, uh, I, I believe it was that moment, I think. 
And then from then it's like, and, and I've always been into personal development. Um, and another Siobhan Boysen is another, uh, I would say mentor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know her or not, mm-hmm. but she's yeah. from the, the KW area. And I met with her many years ago and she said to me, she has a magazine and the, the magazine that she has, um, there was one month that she didn't have her assistant with her and she had to get it out without her. And so she always put an intention of love and um, gratitude to the readers that, and she forgot and she didn't do it. And that was the month she didn't get any um, replies or really like good notes or anything back. And it was that moment that she taught that I learned from her is to send love and gratitude to like, for example, my children, when they were, when my head, when they were teenager is to send love and, and gratitude, even if they're throwing swords at you in, in context. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so it was that, that moment. And then the other moment, you know, just, um, instead of screaming at them, you know, set the boundaries. And I also like did a lot of, um, like I said, educating myself on learning to set boundaries and, and changing how I raised them. So there was many things that I'm sure shifted, um, how I, you know, broke the chain. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think the the sending love and intention and gratitude regardless of circumstances, right? I think that's really where the magic is. It's not just if life is, it feels easy or breezy, like it's in all moments, right? And really yeah. be this beaming of light and love. And and I think it just diffuses so much of that, you know, anger and negativity because a lot of times the people hurting other people, they're just hurting so much themselves, but they don't know who they are. They don't know how to ask for help or I don't know, you know, they're not in a place that they can, right? But because you were able to, despite, right, everything you went through, I think it's such a beautiful way now to, you know, take all this baggage and lessons and, and turn it into something really good. And I think even recording this podcast is a way you sharing this book and how it impacted my life and the life of so many other people that are going to be listening. It is already part of the ripple effect of good, of the love mm-hmm. and intention that you're transmuting, you know, your mm-hmm. experiences from. So I just wanted to put that love yeah, no, there that's as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now let's talk a little bit about worth sense of self-worth before we go into now the other side of your story in terms of you becoming a leader in your field and how you're able to really fulfill that dream and that vision that you have for yourself. But let's talk about worth first because I think for a lot of the girls that are technically known to be the good girls, (laughs) you know, that we conform, that we are perfectionists and all those things, uh, uh, lack of self-worth becomes, I'll say, a big component of the whole piece. So what is your take on it? How do you see worth in the context of narcissism? Yeah, that took a long time because <laughs> I didn't have any because uh, like you, I was just beaten up. Not literally, like uh, there, I was not physically abused, just mentally. Um, I was constantly put down. Um, and I, I would say it, it, I definitely did a, a lot of personal development and learned that way. And I, my husband, um, my partner, it's having someone that you can bounce ideas off and loves you no matter what. 
I, I, for me, that's what, you know, I, I swear would be probably my saving graces, um, is that, is that like, it, it was encouragement and actually finding faith, um, that self-worth knowing that I, I, I am Christian. I'm happy to share that. Um, you know, I, I honor all, all religions, but I think when I, when I really, um, realize that there is a bigger, there's something bigger out there and that loves you no matter what. Um, that's when self-worth started to, you know, become, um, what's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) I'm losing my word, uh, word. but I became, I got more self-worth is, Mm -hmm. it's just falling because you have to fall in love with yourself. You have to love yourself first. And so it yeah. takes it takes a while because you're so used to the bad self-talk right yeah absolutely and what yeah. you what you mentioned made me think of uh, dr phil stutz he talked he has the tools right like very a variety of tools and one of his tools is the mother which is very much sort of very much what he said is almost this self-sourcing of true pure maternal love not from a human mother but from a bigger source and, and it could be my understanding of it, it could be whatever your biggest source is, right? I agree. But it's kind of like this state that the love is unconditional and it's always there, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not if you're the good girl, it's not if you get the good grades or the good business, it's just regardless of what you do or don't do. And it's actually something very profound that one of my, I'll say bigger mentors, Dr. Demartini talks about, because he was a child that when he was probably up to, I think, his teen years, he had a lot of learning disabilities and he was very much shamed and put down and, you know, isolated by teachers and whatnot in his upbringing, which has very much created the void. And now he's considered a genius by a lot of individuals. And he said that one of the most profound things that he was taught by his mom, actually, was that no matter what you do or don't do, you are worthy of love. And mm. she was able to reflect that back to him. And it is sort of something that he'd been propagating all these years, the last 50 years. Uh, and so I just want to try that as a extra yeah. tool from Dr. Phil Stutz. If somebody listening wants to check it out, if you haven't heard very much like you said, in terms of self-sourcing the love, right? Yeah. So higher sourcing, exactly. That's so, I, yeah, that's, that's, I totally agree with that. And it is that there is a higher source, whatever you believe in, you know, just exactly. I believe in something, but, you know, I honor all, all uh, beliefs, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. Now I wanted to look at the other side of the coin <laughs> now with you and I'm going to start with a specific question and then we can get the specifics of how it was your experience, but what would you say that were in your specific case, the potential blessings of having had the exact experience you had with your childhood? Oh, I have tons of empathy. (laughs) I, I, um, I think my greatest gift is connection, connecting people. Yes. (laughs) I, um, I don't believe I, there, there, there wasn't a connection with my, maybe because there wasn't a connection with my mother, but, and I, I don't know. I, I guess seeing the good in whoever and the more I become true to myself, like uh, two years ago, actually, I just posted on LinkedIn about my gray, what gray hair. And the more I become true to myself, the 
the more I actually step into myself, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, empathy is one thing that I learned because there was none. I think a lot of um, daughters of narcissists could be, a lot of them could be empaths as well. So um, that, you know, because then you become a pleaser and you're just trying to, you know, I even found myself in business, you know, like being a pleaser to clients and things like that. So I have to find a fine line to, so I don't do that too much because, you know, um, even though there's a lack of customer service out there, these days but um it's been a journey and a lot of peeling of the layers <laughs> yeah and the reason specifically why i asked you this question is that i do feel like i, I perceive that part of the, the whole healing process one is acknowledging right and allowing us to feel the pain that we may have suppressed even as a child as part of survival mechanism mm -hmm. right or even guilt then grieving, like you said, and really grieving the image or the fantasy, what we thought it should look like. But I think the final step, and it's very much like now we, we can talk about like how your vision has actualized, um, but it's very much the concept of seeing the blessings that came, even though from a very painful set of circumstances, right? And I've done the same type of work with my, you know, spinal surgery and my history of chronic pain. And really with the certainty that there is a perfection in our universe that may not meet the human eye at all times. And I think seeing the blessings and knowing that all the incredibly difficult things you went through were like training grounds. So you can now have the level of light and love and capacity for empathy and compassion that you do now so that you can actually go out there and do your work in the world, right? And I love seeing that side. I think it helps with the gratitude piece, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Right? Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah, I, I was just reading something on like, yeah, the you know, we do have to go through the pain. And when you talk about that, it's interesting because um, I had a lot of gut health, gut pain. Mm -hmm. And because I, everything came at me and it just went in my gut. Like I, yeah. I constantly had like churning in the stomach and, Meanwhile, well, part of it was maybe well back when I was a child wasn't the food I ate because we were ch children. Maybe it was, but it was always feeling. I know that maybe it was anxiety, anxious, um, fear. Um, so um, that has helped me to, you know, be healthy, healthier. Like you know, I've had blood work done, and she says to me, she says, uh, "You have like." like cholesterol as, as a 20 year old, it's like, I've never seen yeah. blood work so good. <laughs> so, you know, so I guess, um, in today's day and age is, you know, some of that has, because I, I'm always striving to be the best I can be. Uh, and so that has taught me tenacity is to even, yeah. though I'm dealing with something I, I would, okay, the next day, even if you, I check up one thing, if I have 10 and I do one, then, okay, it's a good day, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I did, did I answer your question correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So now tell us like my final big question for you before I ask you where people can find you. So as you go through this healing and you start to step more into yourself authentically, talk to us about how 
has your vision for your future career-wise and all the things you envision, how are you able to actually step into it and become the leader that you are despite your circumstances? You know, I, it, that's, it was just last, oh, maybe a month ago, I realized the more I just let it flow, mm-hmm. like a river, the easier it is. Like I, I tried to fight against it, swim up streams for so long. Um, and the more I just like float with the stream, so to speak, and recognized opportunities and not get discouraged if they don't happen and just go with it. Um, and I was talking to someone recently and they were at the same stage. It's, it's very interesting because the more, the more we just say, just let it go, so to speak, the more people, I don't know, it's like an, there's the energy of it. I think people feel more relaxed to reach out and the more people reach out and the more business like it will open up and, and you're, I became clear on where I really um, stood in the business marketplace, where I really like to, uh, what I like. Cause I, I, one thing being a daughter of a narcissistic mother is I never knew what I liked. I never had an opinion cause I couldn't have an opinion. That was it. That's another thing I never had. Like people would say, what do you, I would always say, what do you want? I said, well, it doesn't really matter. I would just go with, go with it. But the more I become stronger, the more I, have an opinion and I do or don't do things that I don't like. And, and that's, I think, a, a true sign of being a better leader for, for myself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm really touched my heart. <laughs> this yeah. last part, it's absolutely true. Something that came to mind is I wanted to add in as well. And I heard that from Dr. Sam Ryder, I think is her last name. And she talks about the different coping styles that we developed over, you know, childhood development, and all those things. And one of the coping styles that she talks about is, and she doesn't necessarily tie it to narcissism per se, but I think if it's the context here, that it's the winning by losing, um, right? Because there is this knowledge that there is no winning in the situation. So at least I choose to lose. And I think that has to do a lot of the psychosomatic expressions and disease processes, that has to do potentially even in terms of the swimming upstream, right? That you know you can win against the current, but I'm gonna do it anyways because at least I can control something, even if the something is losing the battle, right? And I think what he just said about what if I go downstream, less control, and just go with the flow, and then it's like, oh my gosh, I can swim much faster, right? So I think yeah. it's just a beautiful part of you being in a place that coping isn't as necessary because of mm-hmm. self-sufficiency, right? Right. Uh, and I think modeling that I think is very beautiful. And I think it's something to really look forward to as our listeners go themselves through the process, right? And I also want to say that there's no age, right? To start this process, um, you know, recognizing no matter who you are, where you are in your life, like this is a, a new leaf you can turn on your very you know painful book of life right and i really encourage anyone to do so oh definitely i would yeah well this has been such an important conversation i'm so grateful to have you here expressing yourself so openly and authentically i think it just brings the the real personal level for someone else to see how it could reflect for them as well, right? A similar set of circumstances. So tell us a little bit about what you do professionally uh, in your field, as well as where can our listeners find you? Sure, thanks. Uh, so I 
specialize in employee benefits. So businesses looking for health benefits, um, savings plans for their employees. Uh, I've been, like I said, in business 18 years and they can find me at benefitsredesigned.ca. So that's B-E-N-E-F-I-T-S. R-E-D-E-S-I-G-N-E-D dot C-A. So benefits redesign.ca. Wonderful. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes as well as some of your socials as well so that people can connect with you. Um, thank you so much again for your time, for sharing your story with us. Um, you've had such an incredible transformation. It's very inspiring, actually. And thank you for modeling that to other women that we can also follow your footsteps. Thanks for having me part of your show. I really appreciate sharing. And hopefully, if even just one person, it, it encourages them to step into their true self. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.